0: While imprisoned on the island of Patmos, John bore witness to the Word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ and wrote one of the most mysterious books in the Bible, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. The apostle says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. The time is near for what? Like a bride waiting for her groom, the church waits patiently in hope for the return of Jesus Christ. We are nearer to Jesus' second coming than John was 2,000 years ago, but remember this. The Bible says a thousand years is like a day to God. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good.
1: Hello and welcome to this edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian, thanks for stopping by. Coming your way next, Ron takes us to the revelation of Jesus Christ and the conclusion of his important teaching series, Route 66, the ultimate road trip through the Bible. Stay with us or visit somethinggoodradio.org so you can listen on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, check out Something Good Television, Something Good Courses, Something Good Travel, and the new Something Good Digital Library. This is where you can search for biblical answers to your questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. Now, here's Ron with part two of his message Revelation, the Apocalypse of Jesus.
0: Now, not everybody believes in a literal one thousand year reign of Christ on this earth. In fact, there's one group called the Amillennialists. They don't believe in the millennial reign. So, what do they do with this passage, Revelation chapter twenty, verses one to ten? I don't quite understand what they do. Because if you read that passage, the phrase "a thousand years" appears not once, not twi- seven times. Now, if you want to get somebody's attention, you say it once, you maybe say it twice to your kids. You say it seven times. You mean what you say, and you say what you mean, right? So, a little Bible interpretation uh, lesson here. In Revelation 20, verses 1 to 10, what does a thousand years mean? It means a thousand years, yeah, yeah. As one old Bible interpreter said, when the plain sense makes the best sense, seek no other sense. So the plain sense, seven times over, that's the perfect number in the Bible, right? Seven times over, 1,000 years, 1,000 years. The, the devil locked up for 1,000 years. And so I believe Jesus will set up his kingdom on this earth for 1,000 years. And believers will come back with him and we will rule and reign with him on this earth. We will have responsibilities in the kingdom on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And all of that before we get to the eternal state in Revelation chapter 21 and 22. And in fact, before John reveals the new heaven and the new earth, he sees a judgment that takes place before a great white throne. Now we're in chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, following the millennial reign. It says, John saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. I got to ask you, is your name written in the book of life? You say, Pastor, how do I get my name written in there? Because I don't want to be thrown into that. That's that's a good thing to consider. You get your name written in the Lamb's book of life when you place your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and receive his free gift of eternal life, bought and paid for by his blood on the cross and validated by his resurrection. Then your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and you will not appear at the great white throne judgment. That's for unbelievers. There's another judgment for believers called the judgment seat of Christ. I I believe that's happening in heaven while tribulation is happening on earth. It's not a judgment to determine whether or not you get into heaven. No, you wouldn't have been raptured up if you weren't a true believer. This is a judgment that uh, tests how we have invested our time, talent, and treasure. The things that God has entrusted to us. And rewards are handed out. Uh, Somebody once described the judgment seat of Christ as sort of like a high school graduation where everybody gets a diploma, but some people graduate with honors. And I say heaven will be heaven for everybody who is there by faith in Jesus Christ. It will be more heavenly for some. Because they took all that God had entrusted to them, embraced it as a steward, not an owner, as a sacred trust, and took their time, the gifts and talents and spiritual gifts and even the resources God has given to them and invested for the kingdom of God. The Lord's paying attention to that. There's a day of accounting that is coming for believers. But for unbelievers, it is the very sobering, great white throne judgment where the God of love and mercy And all that becomes a God of righteousness and justice and holiness and judgment. John even tells us that that's the time when God will cast the devil and all of his demons and death and Hades into the lake of fire. It's a sobering, sobering scene. But as sobering as the final judgment is for believers, Believers, or rather for unbelievers, believers in Jesus get to look forward to the new heaven and the new earth and a new holy city, Jerusalem, and the river of life. God is making all of this right now. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 14 to his disciples, I go to prepare a place for you. And what John tells us is, it's a new heaven and a new earth, and if you read it carefully, there's like this merging of earth and heaven as the holy city Jerusalem and the new heaven and the new earth meet. Raises some questions in my mind. Why a new heaven and a new earth? Well, I can understand a new earth because the tribulation just you know, obliterates the earth. We need a new earth, but why a new heaven? What's wrong with the current heaven? I don't know. God just likes to create new things. He loves to do that. In fact, he told us about the new covenant in Ezekiel and Jeremiah, and Jesus in the upper room took the cup and said to his disciples, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Loves to do new things. Uh, he, his deepest desire is to create a new you and a new me by giving us new life in Christ. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 17: if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. You're not an improved old you. You're a brand new creation in Christ. God loves to do new things. and John tells us he's creating a new heaven and a new earth. I love new things, don't you? I love new cars, I love new houses, I love new clothes, I love new this, I love new that, I love, love to go to new restaurants. You do too. I can't wait to see the new heaven and the new earth. What a glorious time that will be. And John in the Bible gives us a glimpse of this. Now keep in mind, in all of this, we've kind of come full circle in the ultimate road trip through the Bible. Full circle from the beginning in the book of Genesis where it's clear God wants to dwell with His people. He wants to hang out with us. He created us in His image. He walked with Adam in the cool of the day through the garden, they they got to hang out together. And then Adam disobeyed him, got expelled from the garden. And then God had to figure out a way that he could dwell with us again. First came the tabernacle, okay, then the temple. Then in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes and he dwells in us. But that's not the ultimate desire fulfilled. The new heaven and the new earth Uh, bring us back to that divine desire. John says in chapter 21 and verse 3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. You know, God wants to hang out with you for all of eternity. That ought to humble every one of us.
1: Dr. Ron Jones will be right back with the second half of today's message, Revelation, the Apocalypse of Jesus. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime to find out more about the ministry, to ask our ministry team to pray for you, or to order selected resources from our online store.
0: The song Route 66 by Bobby Troop captured the heartbeat of a generation that dreamed of traveling the open road on US 66 from Chicago, Illinois to Santa Monica, California.
1: Get your kicks on Route 66.
0: Get your kicks on Route 66 became the rally cry and part of the song's popular lyric. If reading the 66 books of the Bible was like a Route 66 road trip across America, people might do more than casually flip through the best-selling book of all time. That idea captured my heart and inspired me to write a book called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, making the Bible's story accessible to a new generation of people. Get your kicks on the Biblical Route 66. Join me on The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible.
1: Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament is now available for pre-order. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The digital library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and eight e-books. To pre-order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a welcome addition to any home library. And Pastor, as you look back on your 66 messages through the Bible, what has been most impactful about the experience and what are you hoping our listeners will get from the book?
0: Brian, one of the most impactful things for me was to experience the grace of God energizing and equipping me to hammer out the project. Uh, My relationship with the Lord has grown even more intimate from having persevered to the end. One of the things I hoped to accomplish was to show people how the whole of God's Word hangs together and to do it without writing endless volumes of commentary. So this uh, abbreviated resource called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a companion to the Bible and offers the reader a bit of a a bird's eye view of the major themes of each book, showing how all 66 books of the Bible fit together to produce a unified work of the Holy Spirit. Stop by SomethingGoodRadio.org
1: to request The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, for your gift of $30 or more. Give over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099. Or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. Now, here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Revelation, the Apocalypse of Jesus.
0: And we, if we had the time we could, we could spend more time in Revelation 21 and 22 studying, well, the glimpse we get of heaven. That's all it is. Because elsewhere, the Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God is preparing for those who love him. So, you know, back even to Paul's dark mirror, we see it dimly right now, and we get glimpses of the eternal state in heaven. But what we can anticipate of our eternal dwelling is, first of all, it's massive. The Father's big, big house. We used to sing that in kids' church. It's beautiful. You know, the precious stones and precious metals that we consider, you know, very expensive, gold and silver and sapphires and ivory and all of this, common building materials in heaven. The streets are made of gold. I love that, every time I hit a pothole, My mind just goes to the end of Revelation. You know, they come out and they get those, you know, the the asphalt, smelly stuff. There's no asphalt in heaven. Streets of gold. There are gates, giant gates leading into the Holy State made of a single pearl. Beautiful, beautiful place. And some beautiful elements that we can't even identify. Is it possible that God, God has some precious metals and precious stones that he just kind of reserved for heaven, but are going to be eye-popping when we go there. It's a welcoming place, heaven is. Angels are at the gates saying, come on in, come on in. Yeah, we work hard with our guest services team to be the friendliest church in the Hampton Roads area. We've got some angelic people, but nothing quite like the angels of heaven who will just be welcoming you in through the gates. It's a healing place. The tree of life is there, full circle, from Eden. Only it bears a different fruit in every one of the 12 months. I can't wait to see that. And it's for the healing of the nations, Revelation says. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but it's a healing place, heaven is. It's a worshiping place, we've already talked about that. No, you won't be floating around you know, on your clouds, strumming your harp for all of eternity. It'll be worship like we've never experienced, so authentic, so real. Heaven is a working place too. Say, well, I don't wanna work. Where are you gonna work? And you will never be more fulfilled in your work than in heaven. We'll have things to do. We're not just sitting around like lazy, you know, cloud whatever, people strumming our harps. There's no place like the believer's eternal home called heaven. And I encourage you to read Revelation 21 and 22. The book ends with a reminder that Jesus is coming soon. He who testifies, John says. He who testifies says, surely, you can mark it down, I am coming soon. And given all that God has revealed to us, not only in the revelation of Jesus Christ, but in all that this book is. It's the revelation of God in his written word. He's also revealed himself through his uh, living word, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's revealed himself in creation, in your conscience. He has revealed himself in just about every way he can. He's giving us enough revelation to make a faith decision. Don't look at him and say, I I, I need more. No, you don't. It's right here. And you know, it's all around us. Given all that God has done to reveal himself to us, let's join with John who says at the end, amen. Come Lord Jesus. And if he waits another day, it gives you another opportunity to put your faith and trust in him if you haven't already done so. And for those of us who are believers in Jesus, if he doesn't come today, even though he said it's near and it's soon, it just means we still have work to do. Take that time, your talent, your treasure, invest it in kingdom things. You'll never be sad that you did, especially that day when you stand before him and there's a day of accounting, you'll be glad to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on in, enter into the joy of your Lord. Those at the great white throne judgment won't hear that. The sound they will hear is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, okay? Even though God has given you every opportunity, He can without superimposing your free will to invite you in. He wants to hang out with you. He loves you more than you could possibly imagine. And the story, this this story that we've been looking at here. Remember I said at the beginning, it's one story. It's God's story, his story of redemption. There's one main character in the Old Testament. It's the Christ or the Messiah who is to come. In the New Testament, it is the Christ who came and who said, I'm coming again. And we're in between that time of he came and he's coming again. And like a bride waiting for her groom. This is is Galilean wedding type language. A wedding that's all about the groom. It's here come the groom, here come the groom. Sorry, ladies. Here come the bride is a Western thing. We wait for His return. We wait in faith and we we wait while we work. We've got work to do to take the gospel and get it to as many people as we can and to plead with tears before those who are dangling over the lake of fire and have very little time to come to faith in Christ. We plead with them with compassionate hearts to say, Come to Jesus before he comes, and it's too late.
1: Thanks so much for being with us for today's Something Good radio message, Revelation, the Apocalypse of Jesus, and Dr. Ron Jones joins me in the studio right now. Pastor, we've come to the end of this journey through the Bible, and what an insightful and beneficial journey it's been. Let's revisit why this series was so important for you, and then share with us any final words
0: you'd like to say about today's message or the series in general. You know, Brian, I think it's a very worthwhile thing to do a deep dive into a verse or a passage of Scripture and spend several days on it, you know, getting into the details, the context, the background. But there's also something beautiful about taking a bird's eye view of the entire Bible, A view from, let's say, 30,000 feet up to see how all 66 books hang together as one infallible, Holy Spirit-inspired love letter from God to mankind. And that's what I've tried to do in this series, uh, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, is to offer a big-picture view of the entire Bible, book by book. And Brian, let me tell you, this has been uh, one of the most challenging projects I've ever put together, but it's also been so beneficial to me as a pastor, and I, and I hope it's also been beneficial to those who listened. The one thing I, I want to say as a parting shot is quite simple. The Word of God from Genesis to Revelation is all about Jesus. In the Old Testament, it's about the, the Christ who is to come. In the New Testament, it's about the Christ who came and promise to come again. Brian, Jesus is the living Word and everything ultimately points to Him and the Father's plan to redeem us, to save us from our sins through His Son and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Even here in the book of Revelation, when some of the uh, mysteries of the apocalypse are revealed, Jesus says in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. So I urge uh, all of you listening today, I urge you in the name of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, I urge you to repent before him today while it is still called today. Because as great as his love and mercy are, and they are unlike any love and mercy we've ever seen or experienced, It is also true that we are talking about the one who has the authority to cast unbelievers into hell, to be separated from him for all eternity. Friend, he is standing at the door of your heart today, knocking. Don't let another second pass before you open that door and
1: let him in. That's Dr. Ron Jones with some final thoughts from the important series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Ron, let's turn our attention to your next series, where you take a deep dive into the armor of God.
0: Set that series up for us as we wrap up today's edition of Something Good. Well, Brian, if there's one thing we've been reminded of over the past couple of years or so, it's that life can be filled with challenges we never saw coming. Uh, We've seen violent demonstrations in our city streets. We've gone through and continue to go through economic uncertainty on a grand scale. But our real battle is not against the things we can see. It's not against this group or that group, uh, this political party or that party. It's not even against pandemics or poverty. Our battle is against Satan. And in order to win this battle, we've got to be dressed for it. And so for the next three weeks, I'll be unpacking Ephesians chapter six, which tells us exactly how to armor up and to overcome our adversary, the devil. I'll go through every piece of battle gear God asks His people to put on in hopes of helping every believer in Christ prepare himself or herself for victory over our true enemy, the devil himself. The series is called Armored,
1: dressed for victory in spiritual warfare, and it comes your way starting Monday. Join us then for Something Good for Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio. I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.